baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk On Demand Audio. I am no geopolitical expert. I, I certainly care about these issues, but I always kind of defer to um, people much smarter than I when it comes to the, the big global issues, which really doesn't take a whole lot of effort on my part because most people are in that category. But I did see a story, and, you know, the Ukraine-Russia war is off of the radar because of everything happening with Israel and Hamas. But there was a piece that I saw last week with the headline, It's Time to End Magical Thinking About Russia's Defeat. And it's written by Eugene Rumer, who's a former national intelligence officer for Russia at the National Intelligence Council. He um, runs a program at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. I guess he worked in both the Bush and Clinton administrations. But I thought we'd go to one of our experts, heritage scholar Jim Carafano, talking about this and seeing if he agrees with this. Jim, how are you? Welcome back. Good to have you back on the show. Chili Christmas and police, firemen, boxing matches. Dude, I want to be in St. Louis. This is really not fair. I know. Why I don't like I'm that? You know, I've never been to that event. Fun. That Wednesday night event is really a lot of fun. Sue Thomas, have you ever been to that Guns and Hoses? I haven't, and yeah. I should. I've heard it's fantastic, but yeah, that's that's a lot of fun, and for a great cause, raising a ton of money this week here at Enterprise Center. How are you otherwise? So I'm great. So uh, you know, weirdly enough, Gene is an old friend of like 20 years, um, and I ha- and and a guy who knows Russia really, really well. So I have enormous respect for him. Having said that, I kind of, I absolutely, <laughs> you don't agree, almost 100% disagree with, with, you know, and we hear a lot of this because I was actually just in um, Turkey and Morocco, a lot of discussion about what's going on in Europe, and, and I was in Europe a couple of weeks before that, so you know, and there, there, you hear both narratives, but, I, you know, I was in the military for 25 years, and everybody can have their own narrative. But there's only one set of facts on the ground. And Putin's goal was the conquest of all of Ukraine. And, and, and it was not just about Ukraine. Having conquered Ukraine, that was going to put all of NATO essentially at his feet with, with people feeling, oh, my God, we really can't stop these guys. We have to cut deals, give them whatever we want, disband NATO or whatever. That failed. The Ukrainians have reconquered 80% of their territory. They have a functioning government. They have actually the most combat-tested and right now one of the most powerful armies in Europe. They have decimated so much of the Russian conventional force that their estimates are between it's five and ten years before Russia, if they, if they diverted everything to ever build back to the level of military they had now, the, the ability of Russia to threaten the free and independent Ukraine is zero. So they, they really united NATO. They triggered a, a defense rebuilding in, in NATO. They doubled the front against NATO because Finland and, and we, we still think Sweden will get in NATO. So I, you can say this is a Putin's victory because – he hasn't lost, and he's still fighting, but but it's not. 
I mean, those are just the facts on the ground. But there's no way, I, I think, the Russians are ever going to have the combat forces to go back on, on the offensive and recapture the territory they lost, let alone threaten the, the independence of Ukraine. Okay, but then what what does the end game look like? And here's one thing that caught my attention in Gene's piece. He said, the sanctions and the exports, I want your opinion on this, Jim. Sanctions and export controls have impeded Putin's war effort far less, he says, than expected. Russians' defense factories are ramping up in their output, and Soviet legacy factories are outperforming Western factories when it comes to much-needed items like artillery shells. So is he is he wrong about that, do you think, or is there something to that? Well, I look, I mean, the sanctions... Make they increase the opportunity, they increase the cost of Russia doing business. That's true. The, the notion that sanctions are going to stop the Russian war machine or stop the Russians from making money that was unrealistic because they were never going to be perfectly enforced and they're not perfectly enforced. But what it has caused is an increasing percentage of Russian economy, and this is what they don't talk about, that has to be shifted from the public sector to the military to sustain that. And yeah, it's true. They're they're drafting more people into the military. They're going to put more people in uniform. Um, they're going to ha- field more artillery. But the reality is, is the Russian military still isn't really capable of using. That's not a usable military to actually take back ground from the Ukrainians. The Russians have been trying to go on offense for months. And what happens is these relatively untrained columns of Russians attack the Ukrainians, and they all die. So, I mean, Russia's really fighting a war of attrition, and which is actually more attrition on the Russians than the Ukrainians. You know, my, my argument to the Ukrainians would be go over on the strategic defenses, and if the Russians want to keep attacking you, just, just keep killing them, because, you know, when you're on the defense, you don't put near as many of your people and, and, and stuff at risk. So, the, the answer to the question, I think we know the answer to the question, which you understand is which it, it ends in a frozen conflict, which is it looks something like, you know, uh, Germany did in 1945 or Korea did in 53 or even Israel did after the 67 war. And, and then people say, well, those are not conclusive one way or the other. And they led to long protruded to confrontation. And my answer is, you know, wake up. That's the world we live yeah, in. Right. There's a lot of protracted frozen conflicts. And if the choice is between a conquered country and and threatening the entire stability of NATO uh, and a frozen conflict, then I, I think the frozen conflict is the better answer because it allows you, you know, to live and fight another day. The idea that, and this is my point, is look, even if the Ukrainians could reconquer all of Ukrainian territory, that wouldn't necessarily be an end of the war because th- that frontier is no more defensible than where they are now. So I don't think it's really about where the line ends. I think it's a question of when the fighting wears down. I, I personally, the way I would describe this is Putin has already lost, but only Putin can decide when the fighting stops. It's just so hard to get a handle. And I'd say this about Gaza, too. It's, it's just almost impossible to get a handle on. Um, maybe I'd use this analogy. When, when you have a natural disaster, you could use Maui as an example. I mean, the island of Maui is quite large. The area of Lahaina that was destroyed by those terrible fires is, is very small. And, you know, the, the image that people have is, well, this, this is everywhere in Hawaii. The whole thing is burned up. Things happen with hurricanes, too. In Ukraine, let me apply this to Ukraine. Are there cities that have been conquered by the Russians that have like an economy? They have people living in them right now. What is that like for the Ukrainian people right now? 
Well, the answer is no. And, of course, that's the flip side of the problem, which every ounce of territory the Ukrainians reconquer, they have to reconstruct and rehabilitate. Yeah. And this stuff's been flattened and destroyed. So actually, you know, if in some ways and, and defend it. So in some ways, it, it's more difficult for the Ukrainians every time they win, because that's another village they have to rebuild and reconstruct that's been decimated and destroyed. And, and it's another village that they have to defend. The, you know, the things to me as a military guy that are, that are really interesting, like the primary thing that the Russians have is Crimea, because they've got all these military races and all. All that stuff is now in the range of Ukrainian weapons. So essentially, Crimea is no longer a useful military power projection platform for the Russians. Um, you, you, you've probably seen these stories about all the ships that have been attacked and sunk in the Russian fleet. So the Russian fleet can't even operate independently in the Black Sea anymore, which is one of, the, one of their great strengths for, for years and decades. So, look, um, I, I, you hear this thing, you know, we don't like forever wars. You know, but the reality is, is there are lots of frozen conflicts. And, and people say, oh, the cost of this and everything else is, okay, what, but you don't consider the alternative costs. You know, what if, what if all of Ukraine was conquered and we had another 10, 15, 20 million refugees poured in the Western rest of Europe and, and Ukraine was defeated and Russia was at uh, NATO's doorstep? I mean, what would the cost of rearming and defending them? And we know the flip side, too, which is, look, if, if Ukraine gets crushed, you know, it's, the United States is not going to step in and send, you know, hundreds of thousands of troops like we did, you know, in the, in world, after the uh, end of World War II for the Cold War. We, we don't have that to send. And the, what will happen is everybody will start cutting deals with the Russians and the Chinese and we'll be worse off. So honestly, to me, a stalemate's not, you know, this is the, you, when you see movies and you read books about war, you think it's like a baseball game or a football game. There's winners and losers. And then there's at the end of the game, we know who won and who lost. The reality is, is in, in a lot of complicated foreign policy stuff, you know, the, the, the solution that you might want is never the one that's achievable. Yeah. And, and you, you, the art of real strategy is getting to something that is suitable, that serves your goals, is feasible, can be done, and is acceptable and you're willing to do it. For, for me, a Ukraine that's free and independent, even if it doesn't control all its territory – that has stopped the Russians and can be sustained. And, and people, this is the, you have to look at the long term here. It's like, you know, you buy stock low and you hope to sell high. Today, we're putting money into Ukraine for Ukraine's defense. But the U- Ukrainians are building a very substantial defense industry. And at the end, that industry is not, probably not only going to be sufficient for the Ukrainians to defend themselves, but they're going to be one of the key contributors to de- develop, developing arms to rearm the rest of Europe. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. 
exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. By the way, Lloyd Austin today announced another $100 million in aid that is going to Ukraine. Now, this is an unfair question, but I'm going to ask you to do it in like under two minutes. I don't, I don't, you can do it, Carafano. Just I want to apply some of this to what's happening with Gaza and Israel. Just get your thoughts on where is that actual war right now? I mean, is there a pause? Will there be a pause? I hear the Chinese are getting involved here with some talks. Um, where are we heading in that conflict right now? Yeah, the whole Chinese thing is a joke. Everybody knows the Chinese have no influence, and that's not serious. It's just Chinese PR. Um, and, and, and naturally, some ways for those countries to pressure the Americans to do more, because like, oh, if you don't do more, the Chinese won't. We know that's not going to happen. Um, look, I mean, it, it, here, here's my, my quick assessment. I mean, they, they started, the Iranians triggered this whole thing, and they did with a lot of options, including expanding and blowing up the war. They now, they now see that's probably not, that's not the outcome they really, really want. So instead, they took a $10 billion payoff from Joe Biden to get paid off not to expand the war, which they probably wouldn't have done anyway, because it doesn't look like it wouldn't be successful. So they took $10 billion for nothing. And then then Biden thinks, oh, I got the Iranians to to back off when he just gave him money for free. uh, It'll probably grind down to um, uh, a stalemate. Um, We'll see how much and that'll end in a hostage exchange. So if this hostage exchange is successful, that'll probably slow things down. And then there'll probably be another one to close things out. Yeah, it doesn't sound like in either of these situations, things are going to get much better very quickly. That's for sure. Jim Carafano, no. hopefully yep. you, can, you can take a little break and enjoy Thanksgiving this week. Oh, we lost him. I did not want it on the record that I did not hang up on Carafano. That was I that. that. That's that international sound for, oops, we lost the signal. It was good timing. We're back with an audio cut of the day. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 